We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA Front Office Show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. It is Thursday. We've got a lot to get into today. And a lot of it is injury stuff that's not the best news. Not exactly how we want to spend our Thursday, but this is important stuff here that could impact the uh, the home stretch here of the NBA season. Keith, I, I don't know why this happened, but today it feels like it's just a just the damn burst and it's all injuries today. Yeah, it really is. And what's unfortunate is like today should be like a happy day despite the injuries. I'm in an f- amazing mood because there's basketball on all day today and tomorrow and Saturday and Sunday because we've got college basketball conference tournaments going on. So I, I love this time of year. I'm getting to see uh, some of these guys in some cases play for the first time. I've never seen them yeah. play a game that are draft prospects. So I've been uh, working on behind the scenes, building out my my little uh, draft lists and all those things and making sure I can check out when these different guys are playing this week. So, but yeah, all these injuries stink and there's a lot of them. So we should probably just get started and hold our noses and get through it. Oh, you know what? This is, I guess, peel back the curtain a little bit, but I, was, I, I wasn't I was thinking about what day of the week it is. Today's Thursday. Tomorrow is front office Friday. Yeah, it is. We need to pick a time. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> What time do we want to do front office Friday tomorrow? Do you want to do, we'll... do one Eastern time or something? Uh, yeah, that probably works. Is that Does that work? That's 10 a.m. Pacific sure. time. It works for me. That works for you? Okay, yep. there it is. There it is, front runners. Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, uh, front office Friday. We will be live one o'clock Eastern time. Come join the show. We'll be taking questions and comments. There we go. Decision making on the fly. Gotta love it. You're perfect. Well done by us. Uh, all right. Um, let's let's get into Kevin Durant. Let's just start there. Bizarre, right? Uh, maybe a bad omen for the the rest of the show. Kevin Durant in his home debut for the Phoenix Suns sprains his ankle before getting onto the floor in warmups. He sprains his ankle and now might miss the entire regular season for the Suns. The Suns, Suns fans have not gotten to see Kevin Durant yet, not in person. And now he might miss the entirety of the regular season. Now, hopefully they, for the Suns, it's just a matter of getting him back for the playoffs and they can still be an extremely dangerous team, but that's, that's crazy. I, I can't think of, many times when anything like this has happened. Yeah, every once in a while you'll 
someone will tweak something in yeah. warmups and they may miss a game. I think Miles Turner a couple weeks ago like tweaked his back and missed a game. Did, didn't AD like like hurt an ankle or something in in warmups and he was like questionable to play mm-hmm. a game or something like that. But yeah, to have this kind of you know injury like that could hold him out for a month basically. That's just just awful and it's two things i have thoughts on this is the first is why does it feel way worse that it happened this way than if it was the first play of the game he rolled his ankle it's the same end result right sure. but it just feels way worse that yeah. this was like how do you get hurt in warm-ups it reminds me of that uh quote in any given sunday when they're down to the backup quarterback and they're like he got hurt and the team doctor's like what do you do fall off the bench like it's, it just makes me think of that. But then there is the other piece of this is the Suns. Now I've said it over and over Kevin Durant, the all time greatest plug and play player we have in the game, but they were like figuring it out. Right. And you had, we've got this you know month worth of games. We're going to get them in there. We'll figure out you know, who he works with, who he doesn't work with, who, who occupies the same spaces on the floor. How do we you know keep our spacing clean and all that stuff. And now all of a sudden we're into a position where, well, that's all out the window. And I guess we're doing that on the fly in the first round of the playoffs. Right. Which is not ideal. Um, I think the Suns are still talented enough to survive the first sure. round and maybe you, you build a rhythm there. And then by the second round, okay, you're off and running, but, but still, um, you were already going to be rushed to build chemistry with this team. Now it's it's going to be really tough. It's going to be really difficult for the for the Suns team to get out there and really have the kind of chemistry you need. And look, that gets magnified in, in the playoffs where every little mistake that you make on the defensive, that's what I tend to think of more than anything else. It's defense. Like Kevin Durant, yeah. I don't care what the offensive set is. Give KD the ball. He can put it in the basket. But defensively all five players have to be on a string they all have to be connected and you can look you can watch things from the sideline you can go through things with assistant coaches you can do things uh on the technology you've got on on ipads and all that kind of stuff and do all all of that that still doesn't mean that you're going to have that kind of connectivity on the floor and come playoff time the quality of teams that you're playing are going to be high enough to where it's you're playing teams that will recognize anytime any defensive player is off even half a step and they will exploit it. And so that's going to be a concern for Phoenix. Yeah, and he's a big part of their defense too because they they are basically playing him as a four. Um, there, there were probably going to be times, I would guess, maybe uh, down the stretch of calves and games where he would be the lone big on the floor at times. And I mean, that's kind of – it feels weird after years of Kevin Durant being like basically a wing to even think of him as a big. But mm-hmm. That's just kind of the way his career is starting to morph. But, yeah, it's uh, you know, definitely you know, tough. But like you said, they're – I think they'll be fine in part because they have so much talent and because of who he is, you're just going to drop them in. But yeah, there's, there's going to be a little bit of bumpiness there probably for, for a little bit and bumpiness in the playoffs for a couple of games. All of a sudden you're in a series you didn't expect to be in, or you know, you might, you might even be you know, losing a series or something like that. So, so we'll, we'll see, but you know, hopefully this is uh, the MRI shows that it's not quite as severe and he's back earlier than what yeah. they're thinking right now. And Kevin Durant is one of the few NBA players who have, actively protested against being considered a big in terms of like <laughs> asking for himself to be listed as yeah. shorter than he actually yeah. is. Most players want, Hey, I'm six, five, list me as six, seven, you know, that type of thing. Kevin Durant's like, no, no, no. Put me at six eleven, even though he's very clearly seven foot. Um, yeah. So him being a big, interesting little transition, but we'll see um, how this all turns out. 
All right. I never understood that because in high school, one year our coach gets so frustrated with us asking on the, the programs that were handed out to have inches added to our heights that he's like, put down whatever you want. <laughs> and that's what he put in. So we had kids like listing themselves at like six six that were like six two. And <laughs> stuff. I, I listed myself at six feet one year, and I'm not six feet tall. Uh, not even then I wasn't. So yeah, that's a just a funny aside. Oh man, could you imagine if they let you do that at the NBA level? They let you pick whatever height you wanted to be, right? Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh my God. Yeah, man. I, I always think about that. Like now, like remember a couple of years ago when they're like, we're going to get accurate on these yeah. heights. And then I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, I didn't, like, yeah, fine. Like, it lasted about as long in, as other rules. <laughs> yeah. I care when they come into the league after that, I kind of don't give it a lot of thought anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you, then you randomly hear about a guy who's been in the league like three years and they're like, yeah, he's you know six foot eleven now. He grew four inches since yeah. he came into the league, and it's like, oh crap! I guess he did. Like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we've got. I guess we might as well just jump. There's so <laughs> like the much. Roulette wheel I injury. know. I'm looking at this, and I, I'm, I'm just thinking, my gosh, what injury do I want to go to next? Actually, you know what? Let's not even go to another injury. Let's let's go to the one non-injury story that we've got. Fred Van Vliet. Oh boy, he went off on NBA officials. Um, yeah, he said a lot. And the, the response I've seen from uh, from fans has largely been, uh, you know, just applause, right? They've yeah. been thrilled with the things that, that Fred Van Vliet said, said that referees are ruining games and that most referees are, are good, but there are a number of referees that are out there to make the game about themselves and are out to get him and, and uh, particularly keep singled out one particular referee. And it was... It was an interesting rant. A fine is certainly coming, but was this something that just needed to get said, regardless of what the fine is here? Or what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think so. I think for that Raptors team, they had a string of questionable calls go against them in the previous game against the Denver Nuggets, mm -hmm. including Scotty Barnes getting thrown out when Scotty Barnes and players on the Nuggets said he wasn't even talking to Scott Foster. Yeah. And Scott Foster threw him out of the game. Then they, against the Clippers, they had, again, a bunch of tough calls. And as you said, Fred Van Vliet. Now, my favorite part of it was, this was almost like, you remember when you were a kid and your parents were like, they, they, they weren't, they were like giving you like a dressing down or a talking to, but they never raised their voice. And it felt so much worse. Yeah. Right. Like it was like, just yell at me already and get it over with. And like, they didn't, he never, he was calm the whole way through. He was very poised. You could tell at first he was like, eh, should I go here? And then he's like, yeah, you know what? Forget it. I'm doing it. I'm going I'm gonna in. say it. And then, yeah, he called out Ben Taylor himself, yep. uh, specifically not, not Ben Taylor of uh, thinking basketball and, uh, you know, lots of great uh, basketball history and analytical work, but the referee, the official, um, but yeah, called, uh, called him out and said like, Hey, this dude has a problem with me and the Raptors. And then someone from Sportsnet Canada, she looked up and saw, uh, yeah, of his six technicals this year, four were came in games. Ben Taylor called three of them called by Ben Taylor himself. So now, it's officials are human, right? So I don't expect just like we've all shared work environments with people. We just don't get along with, sure. right? And it's just not going to go well. It's it's, we've all been there, but I would hope at the end of the day, we all were able to be professional and move about the day and do our job. And in the NBA, it seems like we're having some problems with this. And this was Raptors related, Fred Van Vliet related, but 
the officiating over the last like couple weeks, it's just been bad. Like I, I don't even know. And you know, like I don't, I don't talk a lot about yeah. officiating. I try to mostly avoid it and just, you know, more often than not, I don't think it has the impact people think it has, but it's just been, you know, terrible in a lot of these games. And there's so many games, you know, when you watch the amount of basketball you and I do, there's so many games where both teams are barking at the refs and unhappy. Yeah. And it's like, that's not always a good thing, right? I just, in general, you want the referees to almost, you don't even know they're out there. Yeah. Right. Or exactly. when they make a call, you're like, all right, I can see it. Mm -hmm. Like, good call. And you, you move on. And, you know, with that. And then the whole, you know, just this is since we're on semi on the topic, I'm over the review process. Like, I kind of hate the whole thing. Like, just if they make a mistake, move on. Like, yeah. I don't even, like, it's just taking too long. It's these end of these games, like, are just like, I know they've and, cleaned it up some, but yeah, I just, I don't want to do it anymore. And look, I mean, <clears throat> obviously, I'm, I'm biased and I, I mean, when I watch Lakers games, I'm extremely biased. There's, there's no question there. And I try to recognize my own bias, but it, it happens, but there's even games where they've reviewed stuff and still got it wrong. Yeah. They, they've found ways to do that, which blows my mind. But, um, uh, but you are, you know, in the review process, anytime anybody gets whistled for a foul, they don't agree with it. It's instantly. They're doing this they're spinning <laughs> the 10 seconds into the game and they're like, Challenge. review it, check it, check it. And yeah. you know, but, but so look, officiating is not, it's not an easy job. I would be awful as, as an NBA. I am very confident that I would be terrible as it, as a referee. I can't imagine how difficult it is to officiate these guys that are moving at light speed and are bigger, faster, stronger than 99.9% .9 of the humans on this planet. And you have to make split second judgment calls on, on what they're doing, particularly when you've got a number of players who are actively doing things to try to trick you. Yes. Right. I mean, we, there's a bunch of players who, who do that on a, on a night in night out basis. They are trying to make it look like things are happening that are not actually happening. So it's a very, very, very difficult job. That said, I do feel like on the season, even the officiating has been really poor. Um, there have been just a number of completely blown calls that we're seeing um, impact the outcome of games. And it's unfortunate there's a human element. And so you you know, there's going to be mistakes made. And that's just, it comes with, with human beings officiating the games. It's the way it goes. Um, and, and you accept that. But it feels like this season has been particularly bad. Does it seem like it's been worse than most seasons? Or are we just prisoners of the moment? And reality is every season it's like this. And I don't even know how you would quantify the, this. Yeah. It probably seems worse than it really is. I think there's also we have uh, TV. Our TVs are better now. When oh, you're watching true. on TV, they can slow the game down and show you frame by frame stuff, and that's all the stuff that I try to remind people. They don't have that benefit live, right? Like, yeah. you know, and it's sometimes and it is shocking too how often like like Brian Scalabrini who covers the Celtics is somewhat famous for this he'll oh my god what an awful call oh, oh i can't believe it then they show the replay he's like oh good call that's right they made it right <laughs> and it's how often that happens in games and that is i think true that they are right way more i mean not even close to you know there's still their their hit rate is still something like 90 percent 
And yo, it's funny because I all these people are like, well, if I did my job bad 10% of the time, I'd be fired. And I was like, really? Because I mean, you're tweeting at me at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm pretty sure that's not your job. Like, you know, so I kind of laugh about those things, but it's like, I'm not, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know about all that stuff, but yeah, it, I, it probably seems worse, but what I will say is frustration, it, frustration is boiling over. Um, there's Fred Van Vliet coming out, you know, going crazy with this. And then also when you get into the position now where. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're getting into games meaning more, um, especially because all these playoff races, whether it be for seeding or spots, are so close. Um, and then into the playoffs. I think we're going to end up with a high-profile superstar player gets ejected from a game coming up here, and it's probably just going to boil over both ways, and you'll blow up, and then we'll, you know, hopefully that'll be the the you know the volcano exploding, and then it's it's over, right? And then now we all move on. What do you think about him targeting, or call, I shouldn't say targeting, calling out one specific referee? He's not saying, "Hey, referees in general." He's saying this referee has got a problem with me, this referee, we we have issues and and all of that. Is that, I, I've seen so, the conversation around that being, you know, that, that that's a good thing because he's pinpointing exactly what the problem is and not just kind of throwing it out there at referees in general. Um, strategically, I don't know if he put a lot of thought into this, but it's interesting because normally you don't hear players or coaches call out one specific referee. It does happen, but usually more refs in general you don't have a problem with it at all because i think this is how you you can hopefully affect change for you in this situation because mm -hmm. if the raptors are gonna play the rest of this year and go into the postseason they're probably gonna see ben taylor again at some point and hopefully maybe now all parties involved will take a look and be like all right, we do got to do something here to fix this. I go all the way back to there was a point in time where Bill Kennedy 
stopped getting assigned games for the Celtics when Doc Rivers was a Celtics coach because he and Doc, and apparently it went all the way back to when they were kids growing up in Chicago, hated each other. And it was so bad that the league was like, the only way to fix this is you just don't do their games because it's, it's, it's too many problems are coming out of this. Um, and that went on for a couple of years. And, and that's to me weird because I think generally Bill Kennedy is one of the better officials we have. Yeah. Um, I think he generally does a pretty good job. He does love his airtime on his, uh, well, when he's doing, he does a really like good, have to go to coach. The review. Yeah. yeah. He, you know, and I appreciate though, that he will give the detail, but he does, does like being on TV a little bit. So, but yeah, I mean, it's tough. And the last thing I'll say on this too is, we should not know as many officials names as we do. And it's a huge, huge thing, but it's like a lot of stuff with the NBA. I don't know that they exactly hate it because in the playoffs, if you tweet a ref assignment out for a big game, you're going to get a crap ton of engagement. And I think the NBA is kind of like, eh, it's people paying attention. So it's kind of the old, all publicity is good publicity ploy. Yeah. That's, that's the, the thing is, I think fans are going to be upset about refs no matter what, because we're always going to see things through the lens of our own team. And, you know, if, if a good, if a, if a call is made and it's the right call that doesn't stick in your memory, it's the yeah. wrong calls that do. And so those are going to really stand out and you're going to uh, be upset about, about things like that. But what do you think about the backgrounds of referees? Like most refs grew up supporting certain teams most, you know, they grew up fans of the game and, and all of that. Should that, I mean, we had this whole big thing with the Lakers and Celtics where the guy who refed the Lakers Celtics game and didn't make the call on Jason Tatum's whole family Celtics fans and grew up a Celtics fan. Well, and LeBron look, should be stronger. That's why. He didn't that's what it is, right? But, and I'm not saying that's why he didn't make sure. the call or anything, but should that be, this is just big picture, should, and I don't know how you would even, yeah. you'd I, have to really dig into the numbers and figure it out. It would be hard to do. Yeah, but I don't know if maybe that should be something that's looked into for, for I, officials. Yeah, I just don't even know that you can do like I. I think by the time they get to that level, they're you're gonna find with all, if not if not all, the vast majority, they're referees now. Their their team is a team of three, right? It's yeah. them and the other two people on the floor, and they just want to get it right. Like I think I really do. I think other than maybe a couple who. Like we know Scott Foster, Tony Brothers, a couple guys who like to make the game about themselves. Outside of those guys, I think most of them do just want to. I just want to call the game and get out of there. Make the right call, yeah. Right? Like I just want 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 to do my thing and go. So yeah, because I, I don't know how you would ever legislate that, right? Because it's like yeah, you know, yeah, we make travel and and game assignments. Yeah, it'll be it'll be, be a nightmare. Yeah. But you know, and I'm not even saying any referee is is consciously saying, well, yeah. I like this team, so I'm going to make these calls. Yeah. Just, it's part of what comes with, you know, human. Yeah, no, I think if you can prove a clear trend that official X is favoring yes. uh -huh. team Y, then you have to do something, right? right? And you have to go. But teams study the referee stuff too, where they'll know and they'll go in being like, all right, hey, the crew we have tonight, they will call it if you drive. Like, or they're they're more sensitive to the rip through fouls, or they're they're gonna let you play with your hands on defense a little bit more. And though yep. they coach their guys up, that you know it's not. I'm not gonna say it's as broken down and it's studied just as much as the opponent is, but it's part of the whole thing. And they'll 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 know, and the players know too, because they'll tell you they'll like, yeah, we knew with this crew tonight they were gonna let us be physical or you know whatever it is. The biggest thing I know that players hate is when they change the way they referee a game mid game in yep. the game. Yep. Right. It's either if you're calling everything, 
we'll adjust. Call everything all game long. That's on us to adjust. But you can't call everything and then with two minutes to go be like, well, you didn't break his arm off of the, the body, so no foul yep. call. Like you get you gotta you gotta stay consistent all the way through. Yes, those inconsistencies will drive players crazy. That's for yeah. sure. And fans too. Um yeah, coaches too. Yeah, everybody, right? Everybody, yeah. everybody. Yep. Okay. Let's let's get back to the fun stuff, of course. It, it, yeah. Injuries. Um, you and let's I go. describe fun very different ways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess this technically isn't an injury, but John Morant yeah. uh, out at least the next four games, according to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, doesn't look like police in Colorado are going to charge him with anything for that uh, incident where he was on Instagram Live holding a, a weapon. The NBA, of course, will conduct their own investigation. But uh, during that stretch, the Grizzlies play the Warriors. Uh, that's coming up tonight. They play the Mavs a couple of times and the Miami Heat during that four-game span. And, uh, yeah, no John Morant for that stretch. And, of course, the Grizzlies already lost Steven Adams, so we'll talk about it in a moment, and uh, and Brandon Clark. So not easy for, for Memphis. This has been the team that has been able to, last season, they lost Ja and just kept on, kept on rolling, right? They found ways to continue to win games. And it's been a bit of a bumpier ride without him um, now this season. And we'll see where they go from here. The Kings now jumping up to the two seed already. Memphis fall into three. Yeah, and that's and they're only two up on Phoenix, too. Mm -hmm. So that's all of a sudden it's real sketchy for the Grizzlies moving forward. And we're gonna get into some other reasons why too, uh, after this one. But this has to be bigger than these immediate games for the Memphis Grizzlies. You did whatever it takes to get John Morant back to a good place where he is making good decisions is far more important than any of the games that, that they play uh, here over the next little bit. Yeah. Obviously if this stretched all the way into the postseason, then we're going to have slightly different conversation and figure that out. But for, for the immediate, yo, you're this, this is something that will hopefully change this young man's life and it'll pay off for years and years and years mm -hmm. versus the, you know, handful of regular season games that no one's really going to remember at the end of the day. But yeah, I mean, life is not good for the Memphis Grizzlies right now. You, they've got injuries, they've got this going on. Uh, th things are just rough, and they're you know they were looked like for a while Denver had separated, and it looked like all right, Memphis has got the second seed as long as everything doesn't go completely sideways and the wheels yeah. fall off, and then everything went completely sideways and the wheels fall off. So now we got to figure it out. And part of that has been no Steven Adams. And now it looked, it sounded like he was coming back soon. Yeah. And now he's out four Bill more Jenkins weeks. Said it. Yeah. 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 So what, what's going on? Was this, I, it, I think one of the things we noticed and the NBA isn't as bad as some other sports are, but when teams are vague with injuries and you don't know exactly what's happening, um, that leads to frustration. And I'm just saying in general, not necessarily in, in this case, but why sudden this sudden shift from it sounded like he's almost back and he's on the court doing work and all this kind of stuff to now four more weeks. And my guess is some, whether they're going to call it a setback or not, some form of setback had to have happened because you're not going to go from he's almost back to four more weeks. If anything, you're going to be like, yeah, it's going to be another couple days, right? Like I think back to when we relaunched the show, the Kawhi Leonard playoff. Oh, gosh. Yep. Every game he was questionable. And then at the end, they're like, actually, he tore his ACL. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like, that was, you know, like, could have just told us that. Right. But I, I really do. I think with this one, it really is a situation where it's, this is rough because 
they're Jaron Jackson Jr. and Santi Aldama is kind of the front court now because Brandon Clark is out with an injury and that they they're getting by with Xavier Tillman playing more um and those kind of things. But yeah, it's been uh it's it's been been a little um you know a little, little messy for them. And Adams is such an important guy uh to them. I don't know if people realize Steven Adams was leading the league in offensive rebounding. Um and for a team that's a they're a decent shooting team, but not a great shooting team. That's yeah. huge because he just creates extra opportunities for them. It just wasn't happening anymore. So, uh, yeah, major loss for, for Memphis because four weeks, that's basically the, the regular season. We're recording this on March 9th. The regular season ends on April 9th. So, you know, so we're like four and a half that's weeks to, to the end of the year. Um, We should mention this. The Grizzlies play the Warriors tonight. Which means Draymond's going to be on the floor with Dylan Brooks. <laughs> can, can, can we just get like just a camera on the two of them at all right. at all times? Because like they've made they've taken a few shots at each other here um, publicly. Yep, something is going to be said or something is going to happen there. I would have to imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And you have the history of last year when Dylan Brooks wiped out Gary Payton and injured him, and mm-hmm. then the whole. You know, uh, John Morant got hurt, and all the stuff between these these two teams, and they they are pretty you know open. They don't like each other. Yeah. And what's even funnier than tonight's game, Memphis slides a little more, and Phoenix catches them. And if the Warriors can stabilize, looking at a Memphis Warriors first round series, uh huh. Which you know, sign me up. I'm there. I'll, I'll be staying up late on those uh, West Coast Warriors games for sure to to watch those two play. I, something tells me the universe is pointing us in that direction in the first round. And it, it may happen even if Memphis doesn't slide. I mean, the Warriors right now they're twelve games back. The Clippers are twelve games back, yeah, sitting in the seat. Yeah, it could be. Three, I mean, six, yeah. yeah, they could be a three-six matchup. There's so there, there's a couple of different ways that we could wind up with Warriors. And Grizzlies in the first round. And as a as a neutral, I don't know if the fans of those teams want to see that happen. But for our purposes, yes, please. Can can we please get this to happen? Because that'll be a lot of fun. Now, of course, we should note the Western Conference five to eight changes game to game. Yep. Uh, who's in what positions in the Western Conference, like nine to thirteen. Also, you know, you win and you're good. You lose and you're out. It's it's just yep. it's you know, well, what what a run we're gonna have all the way to the end of this season. It is bonkers. It is bonkers. Speaking of which, run to the end of the season. Zion Williamson out at least two more weeks for the Pelicans. And there's, we always talk about this, that word reevaluation doesn't mean return. So it's going to be at least a couple of weeks for, and then he's going to get reevaluated. And then we'll go from there. Um, I've seen some projections out three weeks. Uh, Brian Windhorst said he's going to be out a while. And like you said, there's not that much time left in the season. So Potential is here for Zion not to play again this this season or to not play until they get to the playoffs or, or something like that. Uh, the Pelicans right now sitting in the 10 seed, hanging on there. Got a win uh, last night against the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, they're going. But, um, and got a win without Brandon Ingram in the second half too. No Zion, no Brandon Ingram in the second half and still managed to get a win, which was impressive. But no Zion. This team, I think, is, is capped in terms of their their upside if they don't have Zion Williamson out on the floor. So yep. it'll be interesting to see how the, the remainder of this season goes for the Pelicans. Do they do you try to get Zion back or do you just say let's not mess with this and and call it good? Yeah, I tend to think 
this is hopefully an injury where even if he was to come back and re-injure it, you're okay for the start of next year yeah. uh, versus something where it's like, all right, now it's really screwed up and we're not going to have you start it next season. So I tend to think if once he's ready to go, yeah, let's get him out there. But you're probably going to be, to your point, two weeks you reevaluate, then it's probably at least a few days, if not another week, before you play. And then probably at least a week or two of, or we're going to watch minutes and limit, you know, how much he's on the court and all that stuff. And on top of it, like you said, Ingram got hurt last night. We don't know what the extent of that is just yet. Jose Alvarado's out for probably at least about two more weeks. Larry Nance Jr. is probably out for at least another week or two. So we're just in a position where this team's just falling apart. And like, these are all key important players uh, for the Pelicans as they try to, you know, move up the West and, and, you know, just get into the postseason. We saw get them into the playoffs and they can be a frisky bunch. They, they sure. put a real scare in the suns last year. So I, I don't know, man, I, I'm, they, they're just such a different team when Zion plays like Zion played for that little stretch. Then I was like, huh, maybe the Pelicans in the West. Yep. And then, you know, then he got hurt and everything kind of fell apart. So, you know, I, I think this probably comes down to, are we in it or within a game or two with a week or so to play when he's ready to go? All right, get out there and play. and Let's try to make this run and get into the play-in and go from there. But if for some reason they're two, three, four games out with a week to play, then it's probably like, all right, just shut it down. There's no point. Yeah, let's let's start making vacation plans and yep. get better for next season and all that. Any um, injury now that's more than a couple of weeks, I think that's the conversation every team that's not going to be a playoff team is having. That's that's a good point. It's something that I I when this came up the other day, I forget who it was, but it came up the other day. You know, the headline reads season ending injury for whoever, whatever. And um, look, this time of year, yet like the initial reaction is <gasps> season ending. The seasons, there's not that much left yeah. in the season. So there's a lot more season ending injuries right now because you've only got four weeks left. So just yeah. keep that in mind. Don't get caught by that that instant scare when you see that that headline. Like it, it can be, you know, we're gonna hit a point where it's Guy stubs his toe, season-ending injury. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no time left, right? Yeah. Well, That's, it's like Kevin Durant, right? Like even a yeah. severe ankle sprain, and they're like, that might be it for the regular season. At first, same reaction. I was like, really? And then I'm like, well, yeah, I guess. It's like a three-week injury at least. So, yeah, it makes sense. That's probably why he's out for the rest yep. of the season, regular right. season. Lonzo Ball. Uh, Another surgery coming for Lonzo potentially. Um I don't know, Keith. You know, our our conversation last time we talked about Lonzo was: is the, are we getting to a point where it's not can Lonzo play basketball again? Just can Lonzo get healthy? Period. Just as a human being, because it seems like his body does not want to play basketball. Um, this knee situation now a third surgery on his right knee extend his absence into next season. I mean, we heard all the stuff about him not being able to like walk up the stairs and things like that. Yeah. And then there were some reports of, okay, well now he's running a little bit and now there's this something is obviously very much not right here in Lonzo. And at some point the conversation would have to transition from, is he going to play basketball anymore to just how do we get this guy just functioning correctly, his body right and everything as, as a person. Cause that kind of stuff starts to starts to become a bigger factor here. The deeper this goes. Yeah, and he was very clear on Twitter to say this is not where we are today. But right. Bobby Marks broached like at some point 
or if you're the Bulls, are you looking at and saying, this is career ending. Like we need to, like, we're going to petition for the salary relief. And again, not today. And Bobby said that himself too, but that we're even remotely in that position is it's just awful. He was having his best all around year. With the Bulls. I know he's averaged more assists some years. He's averaged more points. But his shooting, his his counting stats were down a little because that Bulls team was awesome before yeah. he got hurt. They were playing unbelievable. And he was kind of the key to all of it because he was getting DeRozan and Ball and uh, DeRozan and Levine, rather, and um, Vucevic set up and getting them good shots and really get you know getting guys where they should be and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's just gone. And done. And he, you know, and it's just, it was over. And now, I mean, they said if he has this surgery, they want to time it up like as soon as possible so that maybe he can be back for the start of next season. Like we're talking out since January of 2022. So already over a year. And if he misses the start of next year, we're, that's starting to get into like Jonathan Isaac territory yep. of stuff, Clay Thompson territory. Now, Clay made it back. He's made it yeah. all the way back and great. Isaac looked pretty good and unfortunately had what's probably a related injury um, because he had a hamstring injury, I believe in the same leg as the knee injury. So that's something you worry about, right? Is, you know, every, I mean, it, it's kind of like how many times have you, you know, you, you tweak an ankle and then the next thing you know, your back or hip hurts because you're walking funny, right? Like everything's connected, but it's in this case with Lonzo Ball, you just start to wonder like, is this going to happen? Right? Is are we gonna are we ever gonna see him play again? And if we do, what's he gonna look like? Right? Because this yeah. is a guy who he wasn't super reliant on his athleticism, but that the quick moves, the quick twitches, the quick cuts, like that was all there. And it's just it really is you know one of those things. I had somebody tweet me today, and just this is how sports fandom works. He's like, I wake up pretty regularly, and I think, man, thank God the Celtics got Jason Tatum out of that draft. Because it was Fultz, oh, yeah. Ball, and Tatum. Yep. And he's like, that's just, you know, and that's just how it goes sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Fultz and Ball were considered absolute can't miss prospects. And here we are. And that's Markel Fultz has obviously gone through a lot. He's made sure. it back. He's having a really nice, productive year. A lot better of a year, I think, than most people realize, because I know a lot of people aren't tuning into Magic basketball right now. But it's still just, you know, that's the crapshoot of the draft. And that second pick, the history of the second pick just is it's just not good. <laughs> we go back through the all yeah. so many drafts. The second pick is like, what happens here? Other Machine than KD, to beat. And, you know, I mean, yeah. Brandon Ingram wound up being good. I mean, you could say, look, there was the, the question for a long time, Brandon Ingram versus Ben Simmons. I think teams would very much rather oh, yeah. have Brandon Ingram right now. But <laughs> yeah. in general, yeah. That, that question's been answered. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even with the injury stuff, you'd rather have because it's not like Simmons doesn't have his own injury stuff. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Now I think you're gonna have Jalen Brown then. Both, but that's a whole other topic. Sure, we're later. You would you would go Jalen Brown over over well, yeah, with the injury yeah. stuff added in. Yeah, he's yeah. just more reliable, right? Sure. Well, and yeah. you know what? There's in general, like that's part of that is sports, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, the draft can be a, a crapshoot, one hundred percent. Um, but I like I stop and I think about what would teams like, especially if you transported him to today, a pre knee issue Brandon Roy is going yeah. for all the picks, right? Like going going for teams, teams would be yeah. tripping over themselves trying How to get good him. That Portland team would have been. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. 
And, and then this knee stuff comes up, and next thing you know, he's not the same guy anymore, and his career, unfortunately, is, is derailed. Or, or you look at, like, Jay Williams, right? You just – it's human bodies. You just, you just never know. Yep. yep. Um, For sure. Boy, what an uplifting, happy. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I sure hope for the live show tomorrow we have some positive things. Yeah, we'll we'll have fun about. tomorrow. Don't don't no, nobody you know drive your car off a bridge. Listen to this, please. Yeah. Like, you know, tomorrow will be a better day. We'll have a much more uh, happy, uplifting show tomorrow. But we I think gonna, we've got a little bit more to get to, right? I'm gonna go listen to the Cure after this. Um, <laughs> all right, Boyan Bogdanovich. To be shut down once again. This is maybe this was what I saw that I was thinking of. Like, what shut down for the season? Season's only like four weeks left. So he's yeah. and look, if you're the Pistons, this is the kind of stuff we see from these these te- teams in this position, um, year in and year out, where they shut down players because they're not necessarily all that worried about winning games right now. Right now, it's more about hey, do we get some opportunities here for the younger guys and things of that nature? Because let's face it, we're you know, we're not going to the playoffs. We're not going to the postseason, and no reason to put the mileage on our veterans right now. And he's dealing with a legitimate injury, so um, yeah. I would be surprised if we did see Bogdanovich again this season. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. They they are they're so far down and out there. Like they're yeah, there's they're they're not gonna. There's no reason right at this point. It's and you kept him because your hope is that you have him next season and that's why you kept him and you kept Alec Burks. Alec Burks has been in and out of the lineup a lot recently too. And it's perfectly fine. No issue. You know, you want to, you know, go that direction. It's not, not like they need to tank any harder. I think, think our top three are now pretty well set. It's going to be Houston, San Antonio, and Detroit in some order, but why the order does still matter. Even though we focus so much on, they all have the same 14% odds at Victor Wembanyama. But if you are one and one team jumps you, you're still two, like, and you're still getting the other pick. Like, you don't want to just be like, ah, it's fine if we're three. And now all of a sudden you're fourth or fifth or, you right. know, God forbid, sixth if three teams jumped up. Like, yeah. So you just want to be, you know, smart about it that way. But yeah, it's, it's, th- this one didn't come as any surprise to me once I heard, all right, what he's dealing with. Yeah. Let's, let's just move along. All right. Somehow. <laughs> way we made it through the the mountain of injuries here that, that we got to discuss on this show um one o'clock eastern time tomorrow 10 yeah. o'clock pacific time we'll be live on the nba front office youtube channel it's a chance for listeners viewers to come in ask us any questions that you want about your teams about the cap space coming up for this summer moves you want to make the playoff race whatever you want to ask us about uh, we will be there on the YouTube channel. We'll stick around for half hour, 45 minutes, something like that. We'll be there starting at one o'clock Eastern time on Friday, front office Friday. Come join us for that. Oh, Keith, I, I need something to, to pick me up after the show. It's been we'll all get a candy I'm, bar or some ice something cream like or something that. like that. Something like that. I'm I'm gonna go uh, like read inspirational tweets or something. You get the accounts that, that ag- aggregate those. I'm gonna go find that or something. To, See for uh, me, to I'm gonna me literally shut off the recording and then I'm gonna watch the little college hoops and and get back into go. it and go. So that's, that's, that's to gonna it. put a smile on my face here. Ba- basketball all day, man. Um, I'm so excited. I don't even have to do school pickup today. And, nice. Uh, and this is it. We're in spring break after this for for you know a week and a day so so i'm i'm beyond excited i uh get to just i might not even leave the house for days 
we'll see how that all comes together. Like in three days, we're going to do a show and and your office is going to be like a cave. It's going to be clear. You haven't shaved. And it's like, I don't know about the shaved part. I grow facial hair, like a preteen boy. So uh, (laughs) I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure anyone will notice that it doesn't get much scruffier than this, but, but all the rest that may be true. You might, it might, I might look like pig pen from the peanuts with the stick. <laughs> I haven't seen the sun in five days. You live in Florida. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I used to love on it. It was one of my favorite things to do was on NCAA tournament day. I'd be like, I'd call friends. I'd be like, it's the tournament day. And they'd be like, yeah, I took the day off. I'm so excited. I'm like, man, they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to the pool for like an hour before the tournament tips off. And they'd be like, like the pool, man, it's, 14 degrees here in Massachusetts. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, it's like 85 here, but it's supposed to be chilly for us, for us. So, but I'm going to leave it at that because people don't like when I say it's chilly and then I follow with a temperature there. Like you idiot. That's not it, cold. It's a brisk <laughs> 78 there, right? <laughs> You're not far off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's wrap things up there. Thank you everybody for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NVA front office show on YouTube. Turn on those notifications. So you get notified when we go live tomorrow. And of course, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See you and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.